Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there, this week's sermon was preached on the fourth and final week of Advent, and it is given by Pastor Kim. I hope you enjoy. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and God's beloved Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So when I was in high school, I was blessed to be part of a great group of friends, many of whom I'm still in touch with today. And we got together frequently. I probably lived at my friend's home, honestly, more than my own home during high school. And when we got together, our gatherings were loud and exuberant and fun and loud. But shockingly, sometimes, as a high schooler, I could maybe be a little bit moody. And sometimes, even in the midst of all my friends, I felt terribly alone. And so when those times would come, I would leave the group and I would go out on a deck and I would watch the moon reflect on the water of Puget Sound, or more realistically, watch it rain. And the truth is, I actually think that giving yourself an adult time out when you're crabby is like a fantastic thing to do, and I highly encourage it. But the problem then is that that wasn't actually what I was doing. What I was doing was setting up a test for my friends that I didn't actually tell them was happening. I was trying to see if I left the room, if I disappeared for a while, would they even notice? Like, would they care? Would they come looking? And much to my teenage disappointment, believe it or not, they actually did not come chasing after me to soothe the lonely feelings I didn't tell them I had. Can you believe it? They didn't give me the help that I didn't ask for the nerve. And so as the minutes would go by, I would feel more and more self-pitying and angry and end up more miserable than when I left the room to begin with. And what I realize now, though, aside from the fact that I apparently had lousy coping mechanisms, was that in those moments, what I was really needing, what I was really wanting, was just to simply know that in those moments, I was not alone. And I would venture to say in our world today, even as our methods of communications increase, the need to feel connected with other people is a very real and a growing one. Because loneliness is a powerful force. There are some of us who may be physically alone, who may be isolated from families and friends, That's especially challenging at this time of year. There are those of us who travel or who work over the holidays or who need to spend Christmas Eve in a hospital or a care facility who may be surrounded by people, but they aren't our people. And then there are also those of us who are surrounded by people, but because of grief or loss or some other reason, we still feel alone. And even though our faith tells us, our Holy Scripture tells us to fear not, that God is present, sometimes we still feel like God isn't there. 
And so with that in mind, I'll go ahead and say that it's a good thing that God's presence in our lives isn't actually dependent on how we feel, right? Because everybody feels that absence sometimes. Everybody feels alone. And everybody needs reassurance that they're not alone and that they're loved. Even, I suspect, Mary. Mary, who just prior to today's gospel reading had been visited by an angel, Mary, who had received a miracle, Mary, whose faith we celebrate as she accepts God's will for her life, even though, truthfully, it probably wasn't part of her life plan. Mary, who has clear proof that God exists, who has clear evidence that God communicates with us. Mary, we lift her up as a paragon of faithfulness, of someone who accepts God's will, and we do so with good reason. But I think Mary provides us with a good example in another way. Because during this event that we in the church call the Annunciation, I imagine maybe Mary's mother and father, because remember, she would have only been a teenager. Maybe they would have been in another room or out in the fields. Maybe Mary would have just been taking off her sandals as she returned from a journey to the spring, having spent the last half hour or so chatting with her friends about her upcoming nuptials. Or maybe she was washing plates and cups and looking out the window and was feeling anxious about what her new life would look like. And then suddenly in the midst of all of this, an angel appears and she gets the news that she's with child, that despite her virginity, she will bear the Son of God. And then almost as an add-on, the angel Gabriel says, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, the one who is quite obviously too old to have a kid, she's pregnant. And so our gospel reading picks up right there, and it says that then Mary rushes and she tells her mom and dad, and they get the village together, and they have a huge gender reveal party with one of those big diaper cakes and more green and yellow onesies than you can handle. Or not. (laughs) Because what Mary does instead is somewhat unexpected. She takes off. She goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, And I want to be clear, because you may not be familiar with the geography, this isn't like a jaunt across the street to go see the nice people in the safety center. This is an 80-mile journey. So even assuming that Mary is fit and hearty and in way better shape than most of us, it's going to be at least a two-day walk, probably more. And because she's not wealthy, she's going to be doing it on foot. And frankly, even if she travels with some other people, the road is dangerous. And so Mary's putting a lot of effort and even some risk in to go see Elizabeth, and I can't help but wonder why, right? I mean, they couldn't have been that close. They live so far away, and surely there were family members around who could have supported Mary. Surely she had besties in the village that she could have talked to and hung out with. But instead... She takes off on foot and walks 80 miles to the home of her relative Elizabeth. And so the question is why? And I think there are several possibilities. Maybe Mary is like some of us who, when we have an encounter with the divine, two minutes later start wondering, wait, did that really just happen? Was that really God? 
Because beyond, you know, the presence of an angel, Mary had also been told about another sign of God's faithfulness, the miraculous pregnancy of her cousin Elizabeth. So maybe it was something she felt the need to check out, or maybe, despite her strong faith, and despite the presence of the Holy Spirit, maybe Mary, in that moment, also felt very much alone. After all, there was quite literally no one in the entire world before or since who has experienced exactly what she has. Maybe Mary needed someone who might understand, because it's pretty clear that most people probably wouldn't have believed her story. It's a little far-fetched, and even Joseph doesn't believe it until he's visited by an angel. But Elizabeth be more likely to understand and believe Mary's situation than someone else who had her own annunciation and her own miracle pregnancy. And so Mary undertakes a long and dangerous journey to visit Elizabeth, and in doing so, she finds the one person on earth who might understand. And when she gets there, Elizabeth Elizabeth is one of my favorites. I think she's one of the most under-talked about people in our nativity story. Because Elizabeth is a giver, right? Because remember, Mary shows up on her doorstep, and Elizabeth has some really big news of her own to share. She has this miraculous pregnancy, but instead of jumping into her own excitement, Mary lo- or Elizabeth looks at Mary, and her first words are affirmation, and reassurance to her. Blessed are you among women. Elizabeth is able to put her own needs aside to rejoice with Mary, to affirm Mary's miracle. And maybe when Mary is with Elizabeth, she doesn't have to feel so alone. And there, empowered by the Holy Spirit and in the company of another person who understands Mary is able to proclaim those gorgeous and powerful words that we call the Magnificat, the song that we sang in lieu of a psalm today, a song of praise that magnifies the Lord, that reminds us, even today, that the story of God is one that stretches throughout time and one that is for all people, the story that reminds us that God is with us and that despite how we feel, sometimes we are not alone. Because I think God gets it. I think God understands that even the most curmudgeonly among us needs other people. I mean, think about Adam, right? He's walking in the evening with God's self in the Garden of Eden, and still God understood that Adam needed another person, right? Mary's just been visited by an angel, and still Gabriel suggests another person to whom she can connect. I think that even though we know at some level that God is present and there for us in our times of trial, when it comes to the lonely periods of our life, God understands that we also need the love and support of other people. Because it is so often through our relationships with others that we understand a glimpse of the great and never-ending love of God. And so God comes to earth as a human to relate to us as we are and to prove to us once and for all that our God is Emmanuel. Our God is God with us. And it's that gift that we'll celebrate together 
tomorrow night. We're not meant to live life alone, but sometimes, like Mary knew as a teenager, and I clearly did not, we do need to seek out and ask for what we need. Sometimes we need to be proactive participants in our own lives and walk the proverbial miles, maybe even 80, to find people who can support and love us. And sometimes we need to be like Elizabeth, to listen and to love one another, even as our own lives are moving and changing in unexpected ways. And like both women, we're called to bless and proclaim the activity of God that happens in our lives. And God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit that enables us to do so. God gives us the gift of other people, of Christian community. And God gives us this holy meal that strengthens us and sustains us and unites us with Christians all over the world and throughout history. When we are called to live and love like Jesus, we are called to do so together, not alone, so that all of us will remember that no matter how you might feel in any given moment, you are truly not alone. You are valued. You are seen. And you are loved by the God of all creation. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.